but I, I just want to say that you know um i'm sure that we all have dreams and we should never um become despondent and and say to ourselves oh i'll never achieve this where there's a will there's a way and anything is achievable if you would like to achieve it and don't ever give up on your dreams oh. for the national health service wow 38 years wow. that day when you graduated and they called your name how did it make you feel knowing that you achieved your qualification as a nurse it made me feel as though i'd climbed guys i'd like to wish you a happy new year for 2021 you are listening to bella networking podcast show available on spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and any of your favourite podcast providers. If you'd like to get in touch with me, the host, do drop me an email at podcast at turncoffeeintoclients.com. I'm Bella Networking podcaster, speaker and guru. Bella Networking podcast is proudly sponsored by rare world removals co.uk for all your new year removal needs whether you're moving home a single room the professional drivers with 13 years experience will be able to help you with any of your moving home needs with a competitive hourly weight on today's episode episode 21 I am sharing my grandmother, 80 years old, well, 81, I better make sure I get that right or she won't be happy. I wanted to share her journey working with the NHS for 38 years and this was her dream and goal since she was a little girl aged eight. And the reason I really wanted to share this interview, which backstates the 2018, is her wisdom as a grandmother is still relevant today. It's even more relevant due to the pandemic that we're facing. Keeping you happy and informed. Because let's face it, guys, some days it can be hard to just get out of bed let alone keep fighting and working towards our goals and dreams. So I hope you enjoy and please don't be alarmed. I make a reference to 2018, but the content is still relevant. Please enjoy. Coming up next. I wanted to do this show and kick off with a great motivation and I'm honoured to share my story of my grandmother she had a dream which came true to become a nurse. So I wanted to share her wisdom and her motivation to help you guys out there that whatever you want to achieve for 2018, it's achievable. So if you're new to my show, please do hit the blue light and write a comment and I'll be so happy to answer comments after the show. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my grandmother. Do a big wave. <laughs> Um, so, Mummy Jim, thank you so much. Look at me now for the show. Thank Mummy Jim so much for coming on my show. So, to share with the audience, how many grandchildren do you have? I have six grandchildren. And how many great grandchildren? I have six great grandchildren. 
and I'm expecting my first great great grand next month. Wow! How does it make you feel having all these children and great great grandchildren? It makes me feel proud. Oh gosh! So going back in time, your grandmother, how many children did she have? My grandmother had seventeen children. Oh my! Two God. sets of twins and one <laughs> set of chocolates. <laughs> Was there always food on the table then? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's funny how times have changed because people are not having 17 kids like they used to, did they? No, they're not even having seven. <laughs> so I was so happy that you agreed to come on my show, look at me, because I wanted to share your story working in the NHS for 32 years and achieving your good dream as a nurse. So let's take it back because my grandmother was born in Guyana, the West Indies, South America. What year did you come to London? I came to London in 1958. Right, and that was uh, the year that you decided to actually start the studies to become a nurse yeah. in the UK. That's right. Great. So I'm wondering, how did you discover and why did you want to become a nurse, if you can remember? <laughs> yes, it, it was a, it's a long-standing ambition of mine since I was a child. Okay. Since I was a child, yes. I played nurses and doctors with my siblings. Yes. I am. I was the head nurse and my brother was the doctor. <laughs> yeah, put them in order. <laughs> I'm the head nurse. You listen to me. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> And that was about, uh, when you were about 11 or that so. That was about, yeah, dying, yeah, getting to 10, 11, yes, yeah. yes. And you said that something happened with your tonsils yes. and you had to go into hospital. And when I was about 11 years old, um, I had this constant pain in my throat and I couldn't, I couldn't swallow. Yes. And my mum did all that she could have done yes. to try and remedy it as they did in those days. Yes. But the pain was so severe one afternoon in school that I took myself to the Georgetown Public Hospital, yes. which was not too far away from the school and not too far away from where I lived, yes. and presented myself and explained to their staff there that I was on my own, my yes. mom was on, at work, but um, the pain is so severe. And, mm -hmm. and they booked me and I saw a doctor who confirmed that I had tonsillitis, mm -hmm. had an infection, and that he needed to take the tonsils out and I said, and what's going to happen? He said, well, they serve no purpose, really. Right. And he said, I'm going to admit you. And he inquired whether there was a bed and I was admitted. Did you feel and scared at all because you were I, by yourself? I felt scared, but yes. um, the doctor and the nursing staff reassured me mm -hmm. that they would get a message to my mom as soon as possible to let her know what has what is happening. And um, that message got to my mother, and she got there quite early the following morning. Mm. Um, um, when I say early, it's probably about 10, 11 o'clock. Mm -hmm. But at that time, the surgery had been completed, and mm -hmm. I was resting and spitting blood and all oh of that. Oh, my goodness. And he told my mother what the aftercare was, yes. and that everything would be all right. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I recovered well from the surgery. I spent about three days in the hospital and went home. And what was your experience and, um, when you first saw the nurses then? When I went home and I started to think about 
about that little journey that I had made going to the hospital and so on. I saw the nurses' performance and I saw their uniforms. I really liked the uniforms. <laughs> I liked the, the pretty apron oh. and the different colors and belts <laughs> and, and the nice headgear. And I thought to myself, one day I'll be wearing clothes like these. Oh. <laughs> yes. And were you like so certain I want to be a nurse? Definitely. I, I really wanted oh, to be a nurse. My I really wanted to be a nurse. I, I lay in my bed recovering at home and I could hear patients calling nurses, nurse, nurse. And I thought one day somebody would be calling, <laughs> calling me. That's so, and, so that I could help out. Oh, that is so fantastic. So when you arrived in the UK, where did you start your training? Which hospital or was it a college? No, it was, oh, in, in those days, um, nurses weren't trained in college. I went to Yorkshire. I started my training at the Netherhead Hospital in, she wow. in Sheffield, um, where I did my stint. Yes. I, I did two years there, and then I went on to do the additional 18 months, which um, made me they say here now um rn in those days we said srn i was a state oh, right. registered nurse so now we say registered nurse now we say rn yes what srn srn oh okay and i remember you telling me that you still kept friendship because that would have been what 58 coming up to six 1960 you still kept the friendship with some of the oh yes friends oh there, yes i thought you still yes, speak to yes, now yes, so that's fantastic yes. those of them who are still on this side of life i still communicate with excellent yes. so guys if you're watching you were tuned into the bella networking guru show and i know it's the first of january I host a show every Monday and I was determined to do this show and I've chosen my grandmother to be the first guest of 2018 and actually Mummy Gem you've inspired me to continue my success and be consistent because this show actually celebrates a one year anniversary so it's actually great that you are joining me this morning. So when you were in the UK coming from Guyana and a big transition to a new country. What was your biggest challenge um, or struggle when you did came over to the UK? It was a new life, a new yes. way of living. The challenge was the cold. It was very cold. Oh, right. What, it was, what year, what month was it? September? And when I came here, it was late September. And I, what I never understood was walking the, the streets of Yorkshire mm -hmm. And uh, seeing all the smoke coming from oh. the different from the different buildings, <laughs> and I just kept wondering to myself, why is this? And it wasn't only smoke; the whole place looked so grotty to me. I thought, well, why? Why did I come here? Maybe there is there must be a nicer place in, right. in, in the UK that I could have gone to. So, did yeah. you experience thick fog when you put your hands oh, up yeah. and you don't see your yeah. hand? Not, not only <laughs> thick fog. I mean, it got so cold that you're afraid to touch your hair because <laughs> they had there was a saying that if you touch your hair, your ear it's going to fall off, or if oh, you could touch your nose, it's going to fall right. off. I yeah. think the millennials and youngsters. Yeah 
don't appreciate no. the cold no. when it was no. in the old days because yeah. we do get the cold weather yeah. but not what you experienced back then so yeah. I have to take my hat yeah. off to you yeah. but during the journey of studying in the UK coming over to the UK with the different challenges you have did you have any moments when your dream felt too far away or you didn't feel motivated that you know you couldn't achieve the dream as a nurse no 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 I, motivation was always there i never lose the motivation and <laughs> um, i kept saying to myself i've come this far and one day one of these good days i would have achieved all that i would have liked to have achieved and go back to the West Indies. Wow. Go back home. That's that's yes. so mesmerizing. Yes. Yes. And you know, it makes me feel good as yeah. well because sometimes I wonder where my fight comes from mm -hmm. and it's from my elders such yeah. as you yeah. guys. Yeah. So in total, um, how long did you work for the NHS? I worked for the, about 38 years. Wow. I worked for the National Health Service. Wow. 38 years. Wow. And during that time, you decided to specialise in mental health. Yes. Um, and what, why did you make that choice? Well, having completed my training, which was a lot of training, because I did the general nursing, mm. I did mental nursing, mm -hmm. I had the midwifery experience, mm -hmm. and I did a course in drug and substance misuse. This means drug and alcohol and other substances. And um, I, I felt that I, I needed to give more to, um, to mental health. Mm. I, I realized at that time that at times patients were being overlooked right. and, uh, and that enough time, enough medical time wasn't given to them. Right. So gosh, it's even worse, obviously then, than it was now. Yeah. Cause even now, yes. um, people suffer mental health, as that's you know, right. they're still being overlooked. That's so it right. must've been even yeah, worse. That, that's right. Okay. And, um, and more so when, when drug addiction became rife, very rife. Mm. And there were very young people taking drugs, young women and young men. When I looked at some of the young women that came into the mm. accident and emergency department that were drug users, I thought, well, this could be my child. Okay. You know, and um, I did my best to, to try and help out. Mm. And having done the diploma in drug and substance misuse, I had a better understanding of what was going on with the drugs, how people became addicted to drugs, how long the addiction could last, sometimes mm. forever it could last. And then some of the young women got pregnant and that posed a problem for the young woman and for the staff, the nurse who was in charge, because uh, most people, most of the professionals would say, oh, put the child into care, oh, put the child into care. But uh, I think that because I was also a mother, I fought the end for them, mm. especially especially when on observation I feel that with assistance that this mother would do well and really would like to care sure. for her child. So this took me, this fight took me to many places. It took me to the courts in London, mm. it took me to the courts in Sheffield, it took me to the courts wherever the mother came from along with social services because my fight was <laughs> my fight was not with the medical profession my fight at the time was with indirectly with social services mm -hmm. i felt that that women 
some women needed to be given the right to care for their children with supervision and assistance. Wow. And that was my battle. So you've probably seen so much, so many changes. I've seen too many changes. Too <laughs> it's so delightful to hear yeah. that you know you were on the mother's side, yes, yes, regardless yes. of prejudice. Yes. Probably more at that time, a mother that's an addict or a mother that's, right. that's going through mental health. Yeah, but then you know, one was able to. And I'm speaking for myself, but I think that I'm speaking for others as well who worked in this field. You're able that on observation um, to, to make a decision whether this woman is capable of being a mother or right. not. Has she got this maternal feeling? Mm, mm. Yeah, Is she just leaving the child to cry and can't be bothered? Mm. But you know, I have seen women who nurtured their children and I felt that, you know, they have a right to take their child home. Sure. Um, you know, with supervision. Sure. Yes. Bella Networking Podcast is proudly sponsored by RareWorldRemovals.co.uk for all your New Year removal needs, whether you're moving home, a single room, the professional drivers with 13 years experience will be able to help you with any of your moving home needs with a competitive hourly weight. Could you share um, some of your experiences in the early days with the AIDS um, academic? Because I know you also said you travelled sometimes in the night time handing out condoms. I did. So that will be interesting to learn. I did, yes. Um, well, that was not only an education, it was an experience. Right. Because in those days, not a lot was known about the AIDS virus, mm. the HIV virus. So were you there when it just started to I was, come into play? I was there when the bubble burst. Right. And they talked about they talked about AIDS coming to England through via Africa. Oh, There's people yeah. eating monkey brain and all manner of things. <laughs> I that cause <laughs> HIV. Or oh, it um, came from the, the, the from the army, the that's um, right. soldiers that, from the that's army. That's right, that's right. <laughs> But you know, time has moved on. And, but there was and, also more prejudice yes. at that time. They didn't want to touch patients, no, no, didn't they? No, you had to be gloved up and gunged oh up. Oh my and, goodness. I, I mean, I've been through those days where you're gunged up and gloved up. And, there must have been prejudice okay. for those and, that had the AIDS. That's right, that's right. And um, But as I said, time has moved on. We have all learned more. Medical professions have learned more. Nurses have learned more. And we know that the only way that you could get a, the HIV virus is by direct contact. Direct contact with the person. Either sexual contact or blood transmission or blood, blood transfusion or using a dirty needle. Sure. We all, we all know that. Sure. Yes. And how was it organized when you did your rounds in the nighttime, tandem out <laughs> condoms? <laughs> I did my rounds ever. Um, I teamed up with um, the the John Hunter Clinic. I mm -hmm. think they'll be pleased to hear me say this. I was one of the first nurses, the specialists to join up with them. And they informed me, you'll have to do the rounds just as how we do it. Wow. We do it so many nights a week. And so I said, yes, I'm willing. And I, I got all these condoms were given to me <laughs> that I kept in my car boot. And we, we, went, out, we went out in pairs or, wow. or in trees. People come with me into my car or I go with them into mm. their car. Was it dangerous and at all? It was very, it was oh, very wow. dangerous because you, you, you're going on, on the street, you know, you're like a pimp. 
you're going, you're pimping people out. Oh, really? And, um, and the, uh, in those days, the police, the policemen were very prevalent on the road. You had easy access to them. And all we did was to inform them where we'll be working on that evening. We worked from, I think, eight until two o'clock in the morning. Wow. And, and we go, we see, we see people there, young women and men that are selling their bodies for money to buy drugs. And um, you kind of approach them softly, softly, gently, gently, mm. and say, I'd like to have a chat, show mm. my, my credentials. And um, um, one had to be careful as well because um, being black didn't really help. You come in to tell me um, about condoms and all of that. So you first have a nice, con gentle conversation, try and invite them to listen to what you have to say, show them your credentials and mm. say, I'm not here to get you into any trouble, but I'm here to help you help wives. Wow. I'm a nurse and this is what I do and so on. Wow. And you know, all, uh, people stop and listen to you or c come and say, well, thanks for coming. Uh, even though sometimes when you hand out the condoms, you have the feeling, oh, they'll never use it because they've already to told me that I get paid more for doing my job without mm -hmm. a condom. And I'm saying to them, you may get paid more, but the money you get cannot buy your health. Mm -hmm. So think, go away and think about it, but still hear a few condoms. Wow. And you go off and leave there. And funny enough, that you know, they, 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 after a while, they, they missed seeing us. Oh, if, that's if, nice. if we are not working like for two, three nights and mm. turn up again and say, but you know, where were you the other night? Are you not well? You know, are you in holidays or something? And then I got the feeling we're getting through here to this group. Oh, good. Are we going to move? And then you say to them, I'm going to move on to another group. Good. We'll be doing Piccadilly such and such a yeah. night and things that's like good. that. Because yeah. I was going to ask you, um, being so heavily involved, um, and routine nights, mm. if you saw um, regular faces oh, yes, um, throughout yes. your time. So regular people. Oh, okay. And sometimes in the days you're out shopping and you're in the supermarket. Oh, okay. And there's just a <laughs> nursing. Oh. Nursing. That's so sweet. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yes, yeah. We made, I mean, we made lots of friends, but we made quite a few enemies. enemies yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> yes, yes. So, now fast forward you're enjoying your retirement i am and a grandmother of many grandchildren yeah. and great grandchildren yeah. i'm now 81 and wow. i have all these grandchildren and great grandchildren and expecting my great great grand quite soon and enjoying my retirement oh that's um, beautiful i do a lot of voluntary work now i work for um age uk i work for um the british heart foundation as a volunteer I, I work in the department that says fight for every heartbeat. I I I work with with the diabetic clinic uh, at times, just giving advice on their information counter and so on. Um, this is what I do, my health professional. Oh, I really admire you for also keeping busy as well. Yeah. I want to just take you back before we close the show, which I really want to. Uh, raise the importance of the feeling of success. Um, having achieved your 38 years, if you go back to the first graduation you had, which was, I think, a few years after you came to the UK mm -hmm. and your mother came and my grandfather, who's your husband, 
That day when you graduated and they called your name, how did it make you feel knowing that you achieved your qualification as a nurse? It made me feel as though I'd climbed the highest mountain in the world and that um, what I had set out to do was achievable and I have achieved it with great success. My mother, we brought, our, we brought my mother here on holidays uh, at the same time, because it was my graduation, she wasn't aware of it, and um, we took her the night. Oh, she, she was surprised. Yeah, we, she we, took, we took her in the afternoon to, oh. the, to, to the graduation ceremony where they distributed the certificates and the badges and so on. And um, when my name was called, and it wasn't only called, a lot of compliments followed the calling of my name. And the hospital I worked for at the time, which was St. James in Balham, where I did my midwifery, before, and they said that we have uh, Mrs. Jem Wason here. My husband was there. My sister, my mom wow. was there. And I, I could look from the stage and see my mom doing, oh. doing, doing this. And, and then they said this. They simply turned around and said that she's taking the gold medal. She's not only a nurse, she's a housewife. She's not only a housewife, she's a mother. And we congratulate her. So I took the gold medal that year for St. James's Hospital. Absolutely. And what were your grade achievements as well, the results of your exams? I brought first. Wow. I, I, I brought first. I That's came amazing. first. It, I mean, I surprised myself. <laughs> <laughs> I surprised myself. I suck. Oh, that's so yeah. fantastic! Yeah. But I, I just want to say that you know, um, I'm sure that we all have dreams, and we should never um, become despondent and and say to ourselves, "Oh, I'll never achieve this." Where there is a will, there is a way, and anything is achievable if you would like to achieve it. And don't ever give up on your dreams. And with that note, I think that's a blessed way to end the show. Bella Networking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rare World Removals Co.uk for all your New Year removal needs, whether you're moving home, a single room, the professional drivers with 13 years experience will be able to help you with any of your moving home needs with a competitive hourly weight. If you have enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share with colleagues in your network. Feel free to contact me by sending an email to podcast at turncoffeeintoclients.com. And don't forget to stay tuned for the official launch of Season 2 Bella Networking Podcast.